Water, water everywhere, and not a drop to shriek. Uh, good, po- dear podcast listeners of the Overdue Rental Show, we have special guest Ed Douglas to talk about Gore Verbinski's batshit masterpiece, A Cure for Wellness. <laughs> Hit the intro music and let's get, bring on the eels! Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Overdue Rentals. I am Matthew Shuckman. And I am Zimba Lens Mike Reyes. Not eating peanuts on air, I swear. <laughs> and as Mike has already mentioned, we have from the Golden Derby, above the line and below the line, our good friend with us today to talk about Cure for Wellness, Mr. Ed Douglas. Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks. It's actually gold Derby. No golden, but... but I oh, think, oh I'm know. sorry. No, no, no worries. No, no worries. It's not my site. I don't get any extra money for having it right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yes, but Edward, can you walk the line? You're above it and below it, but can you walk it? No, I'm, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting for them to, to do beneath. Uh, I mean, do ahead and below behind the line, which I don't know what those would be. But uh, yeah, they're above the line, below the line. They have both of them now, and but only one of the URLs so, <laughs> for long, long reasons I can't get into. That's a discussion for another day, I guess. Yes. Because today, let's get more into it for because Ed, as as our guest, Cure for Wellness was your choice to talk about. You want to tell us why you think uh, Cure for Wellness is an overdue rental? Well, I mean, it 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 bonds. First of all, I love the movie. I love. I've seen it now four times, including for this for the show we watched it. But it bombed so badly. I mean, it is like if if Gore Verbinski wasn't in director's jail for Lone Ranger, this movie pretty much made sure that no one wanted to work with him. And and I mean, I, I know I like the guy. I've, I've I've interviewed him as well, and he's a great guy. And but uh, yeah, he, he, this, this is a, it's a wonderful movie, but it's like this movie would have done great this year because it's kind of in the same vein as like mm. Barbarian and X and actually has Mia Goth also. So X and Pearl. So it's in that same vein. So people are ready for it now, but it was, it was too far ahead of its time five years ago, apparently. <laughs> I think it also may have been one of the earliest casualties of like the forming Disney merger at the time. I forget which year it specifically went through, but. Or maybe I could be wrong with that. It could have just been 20th, not exactly yeah. marketing muscle for this film. Yeah, it was still, it was still like Fox was still working on it. Cause I remember it did, they did a huge Fox like day where they had this and, and Logan and some other movie. They did yeah. some like, thing where they showed footage and we did interviews and this whole thing. Um, and I think I was already left coming soon. I, I think I did it for Collider and maybe LRM. Maybe I did it for other sites, but um it, uh, Gore Verbinski, the funny, the funniest thing is that Gore Verbinski was was so high and mighty with Disney with the Pirates movies, not realizing when he went to Fox to do this movie that he'd eventually Disney would have have it. And I, I don't know what I don't know if it's on Hulu or anything, but I don't think it's streaming anywhere as far as I know. No, it's not. I, no. It's it's only you can just rent it. Apparently, you can only rent it like on Apple Plus or something like that. From when I looked, yeah. um, but let me or let me let, let me let, let's put it this way because I also think that. I mean, Mike, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, this is obviously for the three of us plenty of times, but I think this is also one of the few movies I can definitely say that I think we all interviewed everybody for um, at one point or another. So we may have, oh, you didn't, Mike? No, I when I did the interviews for this, I only got uh, Gore Verbinski on a phone or afterwards. Like okay. the video. I would have loved to have done all the interviews for everyone. Well, yeah, well, yeah we, can, we can get into some details later, but because I want to, if it's okay with you guys, because I don't dislike A Cure for Wellness but I don't understand everybody's fascination with it. And I have some problems with it, I would say. So oh, if, you, if you can maybe tell wonder, me what about it, it is that specifically that you like, and then I can, I can rebut. 
Mike, do you want to go first or should I? You go first. You're the guest. I'll take okay. it Okay. Well, first of all, I, I mean, are we allowed to swear on the podcast? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Because okay, it is batshit crazy, but it's also a mindfuck movie. And I love mindfuck movies. One of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called Brain Dead from 1990. Oh, we talked, yes. Yep. Not, not, not the Peter Jackson one. No, no, no. We're talking about Bill Jordan, Pullman, Bill Paxton. Yeah. And I actually, I don't know if you realize, but I actually programmed that at the Alamo. Yep. And I actually was supposed to program Lady in the Water, and it got canceled by COVID. So, I, but I, I did program Brain Dead. I was looking forward to it because I, um, I love this kind of movies. And, and it's, it's one of it's the funny thing about Brain Dead. Also, is crazy is that that Bill Pullman is in that, and he's also in Serpent in the Rainbow. And if you watch the trailers for the two movies, they literally have the same line of "I'm not dead." This... In both in both trailers, in both movies, both trailers, one the DVD is released by Scream Factory, the other was released by Shout Factory. I don't know if that's coincidence. Or I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. They probably got the Bill Pullman double play. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to start a, a distribution company called called uh, Yell Factory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yell Factory. We'll just or, you know, or, or Stretch Factory. We got somehow like a stretching yawn factory. Some of the nests. Yeah. But uh, but that's that's the thing. I, mean, I love that movie. It was one of those movies I watched over and over on on, on VCR or VHS, whatever. And. Uh, so when I saw with this movie, I was kind of like, first of all, I mean, I loved Gore Verbinski's The Ring. I just, that's one of, my, one of my favorite. I mean, it's one of the few good horror remakes, really, besides like The Fly, you know, Cronenberg and The Thing. Um, but uh, yeah, but I, but I was just like, I mean, I loved The, the Ring. So I, was, so I went to this one kind of like really kind of jazz about where I might be. And it kind of just threw me for curves, like left and right. Hmm. And then by the time it got to the end, it was like a very, very problematic ending with uh with i'm not sure how much we want to get into spoilers either because i oh yeah use... I, th- I think this one we can we can go ahead and spoil if you need to because okay. we'll, we'll talk about stuff later too yeah okay so i mean i don't i don't want to because if, if we want to get people to watch the movie we spoil the ending they'll be like you don't, oh, you don't I have don't to talk anything about specifically the oh, okay. you know the characters i guess but what happens maybe a little bit yeah yeah but let's go that... on for a little longer without spoilers and then we'll just spoiler gate like okay the we'll head, beginning stuff. So maybe like first half let's just Okay. We'll, we'll stay away from it. But I mean, besides that, I mean, I mean, I love, I mean, the cast is, I mean, it's funny. I actually always liked Dane DeHaan. I know he gets a lot of flack from critics. He always, he's always got like, but I like him a lot. Mia Goth, this is one of her early movies. Yep. I mean, after I mean, she had done uh, Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac already by, by then. But I mean, this was a really, and it's, what's really funny is Mia Goth doesn't even show up for 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like you completely, forget. and then Jason Isaac. I am the biggest Jason Isaac fan in Who the world. It? So for him to play- exactly. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks that he plays a villain again because obviously he was great in that movie last year. I can't remember the name of it. The drama, four actors. Oh, uh, you're talking about, um, uh, oh my God, well, I can't remember the name of it either. Yes. No, I know. <laughs> it's because we're in 2022 uh, now. They're the, 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 the school shooting Mass. thing. Mass, Mass, thank you. Yeah. Mass. And then That's he, right. even this year, he was really great in Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Oh yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I generally like, I see him in a movie, him and Mark Strong, if I see him in movies, yes. it's like, okay, you won me over oh. already. You won me over already. My my review's already written. I don't don't have to. Doesn't matter how bad the movie is. You put you put uh, Jason Isaac and Mark Strong in there. So, but yeah, that's it. So it's, I mean, it's like I mean, I, I saw it. I saw like the. I can't remember what they showed at that at that weird press day thing, but it was really interesting. And then I saw it again. And I saw it probably two or three more times. And I just I'm just I'm just I'm just it's just really kind of it's, it's really disturbing. It really fucks with your head, and I like that kind of thing. I you know what I, I sorry just just to react straight to what you said before you before you give your thoughts mike look i mean i think yes i i can understand that's calling it batshit crazy and a mind fuck and all those things and i i do 
I think that he did some, some amazing things visually and a lot of that atmosphere for the, the mind fuckery of it plays very well, but it doesn't seem to fit the story as it's being told in a lot of other ways because in some ways it's a movie about a guy trying to cope with the loss of uh, a parent when he was early young. And then it's also a movie about talking about uh, how we let things get things carried away from us. And then it's another movie about, uh, you know, the, the, the we'll, we'll call him the villain about, you know, his uh, picadillos, we'll call him. Uh, and I, they don't seem to really match the whole, all of a sudden mystic sections of the movie where all this other shit's going on. And granted there are things that can happen in, in the mind and that's fine but it doesn't seem to play itself uh, on the level enough where it feels like it's got too far out of the box for itself and too far away from what it was trying to say. And then too many, too many different like section story parts that don't really meld that well together for me. And then again, also making a comment about Dean DeHaan, I don't dislike Dean DeHaan, but I do feel that he was, he came <laughs> off too childish for what this character was supposed to be. And I don't mean childish as far as his behavior. I just mean Lil his demeanor. He didn't seem to be that person who would be in any of those positions. It didn't oh, I don't know about fit that. for me in, in yeah. a lot of ways. I feel like Dane is the perfect for the, he's kind of perfect for the corporate asshole. No, he's fine for a corporate asshole, <laughs> but he seems he seems too young. It's just, he felt like he was still like an 18 year old. It, did, it just didn't, it felt very strange to me. Okay. Mm, I think he carried off the intensity rather well, especially just in those er those earlier scenes where you where our introduction to this character is he's on a train, like yeah. finding nicoderm and uh, nicoderm gum and alcohol, and it's like, look, I need to do this, 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 and this, and you need to fax this, this, and this. Look, I resurrected this account. Like I'm do da 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 da. The reason he, it's happening to him is because of all of that trauma that he experiences earlier on, like. I think it's his way of dealing with unresolved issues involving a family member, his father committing suicide, which we the learned thing, in the first act. But the thing on the train is fine. I, but I think it's funny because I think it's the earlier stuff where it doesn't fit for me. Later on in the movie, when things start to go down the rails, it's a it's a little different. But just watching him in his big new corner office with his two other when his two other uh, work companions walk in, and they seem like they fit the bill, and he seems like he's like the little kid that somebody bought in and he's like pretending to be, you know, like a big shot and he's not. And it just felt very, it feels very strange. And then as he's trying to assert himself to like the staff early on, it just feels, it just, it feels like, and I know it's supposed to be strange, don't get me wrong, but it just feels like he's out of his element, not the way the film meant it to be. Yeah, but the kid faced trauma early on in his life and that was his way of, of overcoming it. So he just isolates in work to the point where he is that overachiever, he is the alpha. That that's fine. that's the that's the character. Mm -hmm. That's the character. That's not Dane DeHaan as an actor looking like an eighteen-year-old talking like he like. I mean, I'm not saying like, don't. I'm not talking about locker room talk. That's fine. I don't give a shit about any of that. I'm talking about just the way it's carried doesn't feel right. Well, the thing the thing is that uh, I mean, I think that he's supposed to look young because I think I think it's, I think I have a feeling that because of his fault, what happened with his father, he probably got his job very young. He probably was you know grandfathered in. To the to the company, sure. and then and then he probably and he probably is young, and he and he definitely screwed up. I mean, if he has the SEC after him, he definitely screwed up. But I mean, that comes with youth and getting getting into put into a position, of, you know, important power. You know, it just, felt, it just felt strange. I, I don't disagree. I just it just felt strange for me. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he did a bad job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. It just it just didn't feel like it was a perfect fit. I guess for me. 
okay, so we're going to call Gordon Verbinski and say, listen, we're going to remake your movie with someone other than Dane DeHaan. And it, I mean, the first movie didn't make any money, but who cares? Maybe if we remake it, it'll make more money <laughs> the second time around. We'll call it something different. Call give it a different title. There was just, there was just, again, it was just too much of like them focusing so much on trying to make it uh, about the actual wellness center and the water and the eels and all this other stuff, which technically, yes, story-wise fits into this grand scheme of the of, of the doctor at the end of the day, uh, Dr. Heinrich, uh, but, um, or not, yeah, Dr. Heinrich Vol Volmer, right? But in the same breath, it it felt like it, the, the actual ending was almost an afterthought, thought, so it was like tacked on just to kind of like, make an ending where it didn't fit into the rest of what the story was trying. I mean, yes, there, don't get me wrong. I know there are all the story beats leading up to it, but it just, it just felt disassociated. Yeah. I mean, that third act was just like, as it comes, this stuff which comes from nowhere for sure. But part of me was, was like, wow, they really went just completely went off the rails yeah. and you know what? And this is, this is still a studio movie, you know, that, you know, it cost 40 million, which for a studio movie is not a lot, but it's, you know, he's still, managed to get one by <laughs> the people who probably should have like said no no gore, no gore this is the <laughs> or, or maybe maybe he didn't say give him the whole script maybe he changed stuff you know after getting greenlit who knows well that's part of exactly why <laughs> i love this film i mean i look I'm, I'm i'm going to lay down a little bit of a brag i'm on the box so if you look at the box right there. it's a five it's just five stars my name but i'm there and the reason I gave it five stars was because that those first two acts, I am intrigued by what they are doing with this slow unraveling of this man's mind and the many theories that you could put into what exactly is going on, which one I kind of sort of started to formulate when I was watching this. Uh, I didn't get to finish re-watching it. Mm. But oh, for there, this, there it is. I don't know if you can see it. There it is. Oh, yeah. Oh. Five out of five, Mike. But then the back has Drew Taylor, so now I guess like I can't like it anymore. No, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't think Drew listens to this, but we're well, getting Drew on the show. Yeah, I know, really. But uh, <laughs> no, I realized I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even see that. I didn't even look at that. Yeah, five out of five stars. Wow. But those first two acts are very slow and methodical. We're not very slow, but they're methodical and they're more dreamlike and more. It's winding up to the fuckery at the end. Yeah. And then when that third act does go off the rails, it's so beautifully done that I was just enthralled, totally locked in, even though, spoiler alert, folks, it, it gets a little bit icky, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. Not the sort of icky where it's like salacious in what it's doing. It's like, no, oh, no it's you're supposed to be fucked up. You're supposed to be, no, you're not supposed to root for this. This is, this is a no-go, folks. And just... It, it, it's just a, an experience that you can get carried away in. And I love that Gore Verbinski was allowed to make those sorts of films for a while. Still pissed off that his Bioshock never happened because this almost felt like him exercising yeah. his sure. Bioshock vibes, at least. I think, yeah, I think we all said that to him when we probably spoke to him because that's exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know what, I'm good, good on you, Netflix, for reviving Bioshock and, you know, I like Michael Green. I love Blade I'm still Runner. worried about it. I'm still worried about it. We'll get into that another day. Bioshock. Uh, I'm a big Bioshock <laughs> fanatic, but I'm still worried about it. Any, yeah, like any attempt too. to make it. Yeah. Is it because of the Francis Lawrence of it all? But that, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is Bioshock is if, if Bioshock was a, a, a vehicle for, uh, um, oh my God, uh, Magic Mountain. <laughs> I was going to say Miracle Mountain. I'm like Magic oh. Mountain. 
Yeah, no, yeah, that was, in fact, that was exactly, I believe that was cited as like one of the key. Yo, it's, it's obvious, yeah. Well, it certainly wasn't Road to Wellville. <laughs> well, maybe maybe a little bit of Road to Wellville in there. But, you uh, know. Could you imagine this in the 90s with Hopkins as Dr. Ballmer? <laughs> it, it wouldn't have worked. I don't think it would have worked. They would have, t- they would have toned this down so. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Hopkins would have gone as far as uh, Jason Isaac did in the last act. I don't think he, there's some just there's certain thing that Jason Isaac does in the last act, which is just like, okay, like great, great year into this role, but that just goes that's a little too far. Well, I mean, I know we're not going as far as you're talking about, but I, I want to say what I think was was funny when doing the interviews for this because I was talking to Dane DeHaan, and I'm sitting there and I and I just start, I just say to him I say. Dustin Hoffman. Uh, well, I said, well, actually, what did I say? I said, now I can't remember who I said. I said, Dustin Hoffman, Bill Murray, and somebody, I can't remember his name, and he's very confused. He's looking at me like, why are you saying these things? Like, and now Dane DeHaan, famous film dentistry scenes. Oh, like, okay. you, you get put in that pantheon of like, oh, they just did that? Okay, thank you. Well, fa- famous only because, I mean, the Dustin Hoffman one, Marathon Man, we all know and love is a classic. No one knows this one because no one saw it. No, literally, yeah. no one, literally, no one, no one watched it. I mean, you know, it's funny. You know, I don't know if you looked at the box office numbers by chance, but it made like eight million in the United States or North America, sixteen million overseas. So it's like twenty-four and a half million, and it cost forty million, and it, and it didn't do well on DVD or Blu-ray either. So it really kind of just, I mean, it, it, it never made its money back ever. This was one of the first Blu-ray DVD releases that I was pissed that it didn't go to four K. Because it was what it was around that time where they started, work it was starting to pick up, but then you started to notice certain movies didn't go. Like Live by Night was supposed to be in 4K, yeah. never happened. Was also pissed off about that because I <laughs> love. But five stars. It, yeah, actually, oh wait, no, my, <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember okay. watching Live by Night. But well, anyway, if, if this, if you would you if you would you say that. Not, let's say the movie was exactly the same. And I'm not trying to shit on Dane DeHaan or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But let's say the movie was exactly the same. All we wanted to do, but you had a bigger marquee star in the lead. Do you think it would have changed anything? Or is it just all the marketing and all the fact that nobody really wanted to see it and that was it? This, that would not have, I don't think it would change the damn yeah. thing. Especially because the marketing did kind of get into a bit of a messy hitch where they had viral sites that looked like news reports about like miracle drugs even to the point where they had like oh, a right. yeah no there I were sites this. oh you want to talk fake news there were there were websites that looked like they were like low budget but still kind of legitimate sources that were talking about some sort of wellness cure basically and it eventually led to you know cure for wellness stuff uh-huh. but they, between the websites and like i think there was a super bowl ad that did the same thing they got uh-huh. in trouble oh, oh right because oh, they did if they do an ad on tv yeah of course you can't you can't do that if it's if it's a fake commercial yeah but, uh... it wasn't like resident evil apocalypse back in 2004 doing remember that yeah. ad, but then obviously you mentioned the umbrella corporation and then things obviously turned for the worse like you, you, there were, there were certain things that it's like, oh, I know what I'm seeing here. That wasn't the case with these. And even I was surprised by it. It's, it's interesting though, that it hasn't, again, whether people like it or not, that it hasn't caught on, forget about just original home video release. And yes, maybe it's because it's not streaming. It's not easily available yeah. for people to get, but there are so many films now that are, look, and I, and I get it. And, um, you know, Things going in swings. So when one of these YouTube reactors watches a movie and it's the first person to do it, 
and it gets a lot of views, then all of them do it. Because right. like right now, surprisingly, they're all doing Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And I understand that Halloween just ended. Wow. But like that's now being discovered by people all of a sudden. Um, and again, completely different type of movie. But you, I'm surprised that su like, you know, you, go, you get a Reddit thread where somebody goes like, how come nobody talks about Cure for Wellness? And then everybody's like, oh, what is that? And then all of a sudden it blows up. That has, just hasn't happened. Right. Well, the first thing is they should mention is that Mia Goth is in this. And the thing is, yeah. Mia Goth is so amazing in X and Pearl, you would think they'd be like, oh, what's this other movie she was in? Let me check it out. And like, oh my God, this is just as crazy as, as those movies. And, you know, and, yeah, and that's- they're, doing that, they're probably hitting Nymphomaniac first. Like that's probably what's first coming up because of the Von Trier of it all. Yeah, but she su plays such a small part in that, I feel like. I feel like she only has like one yeah. scene maybe. I don't know. Well, there's, I mean, there's plenty of things because that's funny. Actually, this is also go back to doing the interviews for it. I remember talking to her because at the time, a lot of the announcements for the Suspiria remake were coming out oh, as okay. we were doing the junket. And I remember actually being a little disappointed because I asked her about it and she said, oh, it's going to be because, you know, talking about the idea of, of, of Argento's original and, you know, what, you know, the way it looked and the blood and all of that stuff. And she's like, it's going to be so bloody. And I'm like, I didn't think the remake was that bloody, except for maybe no. the ending. Um, no. And I'm like, oh, Mia, you let me you let me down. Yeah, maybe maybe on set it was bloodier. Maybe they said blood around, blood around, and then the, the, who was at Amazon? I guess it was Amazon. Maybe Amazon. Put yeah, because it was going to be on Amazon, and then and we could see who knows, who knows why. I don't know. Things change, but uh, um, but yeah, but again, you know, Mia Goth is great. I mean, she doesn't show up for forty minutes, and you know, but and she has a smaller role. But I mean, she's 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 great. I mean, for you know, she 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 seems like she's fourteen, but she's really twenty three. So. Not yeah, illegal. She, she was, it, <laughs> early on in the film, it was like she was so strange, and I'm like, I yeah. didn't, know, I, I didn't know how to feel about it. I'm like, what is, what is going on? What yeah. is going on? Yeah, yeah me, me too. But but grew me. She grew her her performance grew me for sure. Like after you know a few years. Oh yeah, like even in the in those earlier films before she really hit. Like, I mean, she's always kind of Mia Goth always sort of has had a vocal fan base, but Pearl and X is really what hammered yeah. it home. Sure. Even in a performance like this, you can just sense her style of inhabiting the universe that she's in. And she's just, she is such a wonderful chameleon. And again, you know, we're mentioning X and Pearl, which have both come out this year. Those are probably the, the height of what she's done so far because of how far it pushed her as a performer. Sure. And this was just a great sort of uh, appetizer to the eventual entree that would come from that. And it is, again, this is something that's more ethereal in a lot of ways. There are certain sects of horror fans that only want to see gore. There's some that only want to have jump scares. There's some that only want to be creeped out, which this would fit. Uh, you got everything in here. Yeah, yeah, so it's not it's not like it's not like it's automatically going to be loved by everybody. But yeah, it should, at this point, bring, it should start the renaissance of like people discovering it. Yeah. And again, oh, we're going to start it. Well, it's funny you saying discovering it though, because again, it's only it's only uh, five years old now. It's like I know. wow. Yeah. Well, what's funny? The, the, the eels is probably going to be the thing that most people will remember, because I mean, the eels are pretty. The way they're used, it just gets creepier and worse and worse. And I actually, I actually eat eel. I like eel. I do not. I don't need to swallow. However, you need to force fed into you. Yeah, and they never and they never mentioned. They, that's one thing about the movie that kind of annoyed me when I was watching. It was like. Wait, wait. Are the eels still inside him? They kind of like they don't really. Or was that just? Is that well, that's, yeah, that's part of that's part of where my disassociation with the whole thing comes in. Yeah, uh, I just felt that like too much of it was for as well, again as well done as a lot of it was. It just didn't seem to gel for me. That's even if he's alive to begin with. 
Yeah, well. I'm, I'm wondering if a case could be made for after oh. that car wreck, everything else is just him having this weird fever dream and they just did not give us that final moment where it almost feels like we're going to cut to something like that because that the end of the movie where they're riding on the bike together, it does almost feel like it's going to pull the rug out from under you. Did but, they okay. have the, did he have the discussion with those four people about the history of the asylum before the car crash? Uh, I can't remember. I know uh, it was, yeah, I think so. I can't remember now. I think he really started digging into it after. Like he did talk mm. to people before it. Because if, if they mention, if they mention the history of the asylum or the grounds before the car crash, then that is a valid point to make. If they did after, then somebody screwed up. <laughs> right. Well, I think you see, I, I was thinking maybe after the eel thing, because if you get that happens with eels. Oh, in the tank eels, you're talking about. In the tank. No, 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 not that. No, when they're, when they're force feeding him. Oh. I mean, that would kill him. Maybe everything after that is just, you know, some some after death thing. What if, because, what, what if the sensory deprivation tank was yeah. an actual drowning? Yeah, maybe. But there's, that's the thing. There's a lot of things like that you can say count for like, well, maybe, you know, I don't know if you want to say it's a dream or maybe it's some some fever dream or something. But I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this where it's like, well, maybe that's real. Maybe it's not. Yeah. You know, and I just went along for it. I was just, I was just, you know, who cares? Who cares? I, that's just amazing. Like I, like that, that last act reminds me of, I, I just rewatched the original Phantom of the Opera recently. And that movie has that kind of craziness, even though it's black and white, mostly it has that kind of craziness with all these like things going on and like whatever. It's like, you know, for, you know, and I'm not sure I'm guessing that's probably was, it was a, some kind of inspiration, especially with the, the face and stuff. Well, let's, let's, let's now let's, let's do the, everybody, if you haven't watched it yet and you want to go watch it first, watch and come back to this timestamp and let's do the the full spoilerific uh talk about the ending gentlemen i leave it to you <laughs> i can go first uh, before we do i just want someone to take footage of this movie and send it to the mighty bougie's eels because that would be absolutely perfect okay you ain't you Matthew, i know the mighty bush but i'm trying to remember i, I don't know so, you, is, 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 is this an old greg sketch no, well, no, 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 no. This is uh, Howard gets. Oh, I'm trying to think of the name, the name of the character because it was a Cockney that like Noel uh, Noel played, and he like just showed up the green face with like the white donut eye and the top hat. And he's singing about eels. I can't remember it. It's, I have to go back. Okay. I can't, can't just jump jump over that. It's okay. We can <laughs> conversation now that did not work as well as I <laughs> Stay in. in. It was only a spoiler. It probably is a spoiler for Mighty Boosh. But more than <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Matthew keeps telling me he is a British comedy fan, but that's you okay. You know what? Honestly, Boosh, I only kind of watched the whole thing like through once. And it's not something I revisit as much as other stuff. Other stuff I revisit a lot, so it's fresh in my mind. I don't revisit Boosh as much as I, I would other things. Hal and Jimmy Jefferson don't remember that. Sorry. By the way, another little fact about this movie: it played at the last Buttonathon ever. It was part of the. It was part of the Buttonathon, or so it was playing like December, and then next year it got canceled and it never happened again. That, this movie. <laughs> that, <laughs> I think it's related. Actually, feels like a weird, uh, a horrible, sort, horribly funny sort of segue into talking about the ending. Uh, right. problematic elements of this film. Um, well, before you say it, I do want to say that, yes, it is weird, because I'm going to say it before, you, before it gets ruined for people who haven't seen it yet, because, yes, it is weird for the relationship, but it's not problematic as far as, because I think when people hear that nowadays, it's like they did something they shouldn't have done. 
it's just it's not necessarily problematic more of this just fucked up for the, yeah, story, no, exactly. for the story the story is going i don't I, I don't think people should think of this film as problematic in the sense that they did something they should have never done because somebody it's was not. underage or something they did to something that was really racist or something like that and people are just the story is it. not condoning what's yeah, going it's just on. A, it's just a fucked up story yeah yeah it is a fucked up twist but by no means is this movie saying hey you, you want to live a good life uh extend your your lifespan over a couple centuries and uh keep doing making incest babies yeah <laughs> I, mean, I, it's, I don't even know how but, i mean i can explain it but i don't even this is why i'm leaving it to you guys you guys you guys tell it you guys. Well, what's, what's funny because that's the kind of stuff like that's that's kind of stuff that's in barbarian that's the kind of stuff that's in, in that's the kind of stuff people are really getting into these days so it's like well, why why did this come out five years ago? No one saw it. No one. I mean, I don't know what the cinema score was. I don't know if it really matters. I mean, it it, it just kind of came, and and, and people who saw it, but Namathon loved it. People who saw it, you know, in our our circles loved it, but it it bombed. And it's like you know, it's uh you know, I mean, I don't think it's even because of the ending. I think it's just because you know, it just did couldn't sell itself by that title or by whatever. It was I think fun. two of the big things that happened here were. They probably picked the wrong time to release this because this is out on this. Is, this came out February seventeenth to, to twenty seventeen, and it, it was made for forty million. I mean, forty million is not that expensive, but if you release this at a more high traffic time of the year, maybe even this was supposed to be September twenty sixteen, if I read correctly. I got delayed. Okay. Yeah, so September would have been great because this could have been a Halloween movie. You make this for, maybe you trim the budget a little bit. I don't know how much you could, but if this is maybe even, dare I say, a $30 million or $20 million movie, it might have stood more of a shot with a better release. As Barbarian is like, made for peanuts. And $20 million? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Or, no, no, wait, it's like, no, it's less than that. I'm sorry. Barbarian is like $4 million. Smile yeah. was $17 million. But still, yeah, but, still but you're Gore yeah. Vinsky. You made these Pirates movies. They made... You know, billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, I'm but this Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. This well, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say two things. I'll say two things. A, first to go back to your your comment, Ed, about the cinema score it was a C plus. Metacritic rating was forty seven out of hundred, which I think is strange too, because I know a lot of times sometimes audience scores gets matched into these things, but a lot a lot of our colleagues all really love the movie, um, so I do find it a little strange. But you know, and I know, look. There's a difference between Spielberg and Verbinski. And yes, there are film fans who are not fanatics, not cinemaphiles, who know directors' names. But I right. think I think after a certain point, I would say probably after like 2010, maybe, it became the point where when marketing says from the makers of this or from the director of this, right. there are a lot of people who don't connect that. And they just think that somebody's trying to put a name on it to make me think, oh, because I like that, I'm gonna like this. I'm like, I don't care. And then it doesn't do anything for them. Except for that one Comic Con where they released the trailer for Devil, and the moment they said from the mind of M Night Shyamalan, I was, I was the there. Cloud. That was pre. That was pre twenty ten though, wasn't it? No, no, that was, no, was late after that. that was, after. was it what? Oh, really? Ah, uh, movie sucked. Yeah, yeah. I that was that was. You know, it's funny. Everyone everyone complains about the theatrical experience and how you know people are always talking about blah, blah, blah. Devil was one of the, was the one of the first well only really the only movies where I had some rowdy kids in there. Well, I literally got to tell them to shut up because it was just it was just being so noisy the whole movie. And it was a terrible movie too. So I'm not even sure. Yeah, you know, I should just <laughs> should have just watched that and they were probably more understanding. But anyway, let's get let's get into spoilers. So things yeah, go so for the spoilers with this. Where do you even begin? Because I I feel like this stuff, you just, you can't just talk about the end. There's so much stuff that you know you have to kind of know, like you have to know what Mia Goth is that she's she plays the daughter of this doctor who who's not allowed to leave. 
Yeah, she's on the asylum grounds. She's not allowed to leave. Dane DeHaan sees her, first sees her right before his car accident, kind of sees a glimpse of her like on a a hill, like on her bike, sort of like that. And then he sees her and starts talking to her. And uh, so you you can tell that she's kind of naive and inexperienced at things. And she talks about how she has a condition that's also trying to be healed by her father, by her father, by, well, it, 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 it's, it's, it's listed that she's related to him, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, oh, yeah, no, he's, he's her father. He's, okay, he's, it, it, it is mentioned early on. I can't remember oh, yeah. now, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he's trying to heal things, but then it later turns on that he he's elongated his own life. He is the original doctor from the early 1900s that was in an incestuous relationship with his daughter that caused the villagers to burn down everything that he owned. Yep. Yeah. And so he's actually disfigured. He has this wonderful Mission Impossible mask that he wears so he can look like mm-hmm. Jason Isaac. And uh, <laughs> and he has been uh, breeding his own daughter, basically, in essence, over and over again so he can keep sleeping with her. Kind of, yeah. I think that's, that's kind, of, kind of nails it, sort of. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing is that, that there is a, there's also the whole whole German uh, Uber Ubermensch trying to like create the perfect... I mean, that's the whole yeah. thing. The whole reason he's doing this is because he, he wants a, a bloodline. And, and of course, when you're German, you're saying, I want to have a, a, a clean bloodline. You really think of the Aryans, Aryan race, things of Hitler and all that stuff. And it's like, that's that's kind of problematic because it doesn't actually mention that he had any, like, like I mean, he was around for 200 yeah. years. We're in, we're in sort of Germany. So, I mean, who knows, you know, who knows? Yeah, you know? but well, I guess he was, but he was isolated that whole time. I think he's got to rebuild that thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think his involvement, if he had any involvement with the war, it would be probably to look after injured soldiers they bought up there or something like that. It doesn't yeah. seem to be implying that that Himmler was coming up to talk to him about eugenics and creating right. a master race, to me at least. But he was doing these experiments on people, just like just like you know Hitler's people were, and yeah. and, and he's looking for the master race, which is like you know I mean it's it's he's in Sweden now, right? This whole thing's in Sweden. Uh, I don't know if they were speaking German. I know they're speaking German, German, but the, the the asylums in Sweden they said we're sending you to Sweden. Oh, okay. So the whole thing part. takes place in Sweden, which it doesn't mean that he can't still be in contact. Right, right. But Swiss Alps. Swiss Alps, sorry. Swiss Alps. Swiss Alps. Okay. okay. Yeah. There you go. So no extradition, no financial worries, and he can love his daughter only once. No, oh, yeah. actually, no, that's that's still that's that's not fair. Switzerland would probably have smacked him for that. But yeah, this this man has very little concerns with the outside world, as we clearly see with how he treats his patients as basically an organic dialysis machine to make him young forever. Yeah, which is fine, again, for the story they're telling. But it, 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 since it's just kind of dropped in at the end, that's where I go back to the whole point of like everything leading up to it just feels like it's part of a different story, which is fine in a way, but it just, I was so much more, I, ooh, somebody's groaning on that. Uh, yeah. Go for yeah. it, okay. Yeah, no, I don't think it was just, dropped in. I think when it goes off the rails is when it's when it throws in all of the family history and wedding night drama that burns down the castle. But I think it's yeah, well, that's yeah, but I'm talking about I'm talking about the dis- disappearing entrance entryways and the steam bass, which is great. It's fine. It's perfect. And 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 his purpose for being there and 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 his own story, it just it just didn't seem to it just didn't seem to connect for me. Maybe you need to watch it again. I did last night. Oh. Maybe you need to watch it again. Yeah, I just did have to last watch night. It over, watch it over again. Well, we may watch it. Well, wait, well, wait. You just watch it right now. We'll wait two and a half hours just sitting sitting here as you watch it again. This became a live oh, stream. Oh, yeah. Mike, Mike and Ed are right. 
This is good. No, oh, I totally understand now. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's like, I mean, it's, it's all fair. It's all fair. It's just like, it's just all a matter. It's all a matter of like how much you're willing to, you know, accept just because hmm. you like weird weirdness and like, you like, you know, you seeing people getting fucked with their mind. But that's, well, that's, that's my thing. Again, I agree. I like just weirdness. I don't have to have a whole story. I like just weirdness. It's great. It's good. But it's, I it felt overshadowed by the fact that they seemed like they were trying so hard to tell this other thematic tale or multiple thematic tales that that's where my disconnect comes in. Mm, that's fair. Fair. Yeah, we're not gonna, you know, convince you totally, but yeah. that's the beauty of the show here. Is we don't yeah. always have to agree. Exactly. The conversation is what the conversation is the reward here, especially with a movie like this. Well, I want to know is what how many stars would Matt give it? That's what that's what I want to know right now. What am like, I what am I out of? Actually, I, I well, well it's not a five, obviously. I mean, it's, it has to be five because that's because Mike Mike made the rules by so five stars. I think this is a perfect example, and bear with me here. Before when I say it, don't instantly react and I'll tell you why. You're giving us a two and a half or a four. Exactly. This is this is the perfect example of that two and a half movie. The movies that yeah, I love The Crow when I was a kid. It's a two and a half star movie. It's not that good of a movie, really. It's right, just right. something that's nostalgic. It's one of these things that you like. Oh, it's on. I'm gonna watch it. Two and a half stars. Oh wow, well, I'm like, I'm like, it's on. I'm going to watch it. Like I literally, I mean, I, I, I loved watching it again last night. I, I just like, I was like, boy, I really need to get. Maybe, maybe I need to program this at the Alamo on Weird Wednesday because it, it, it seems like a perfect fit. But that, that, yeah, like, there are again, there are great things that happen. I mean, even small things like I love the shot early on when he's visiting his mother and she's painting the figurine and they, they do the, they do the, the, the spyglass version of her eye over her face. It looks great. It's fantastic. It's so well done. It just, I would have preferred if you just give me two hours of weirdness of that and nothing else, you know? Right. Well, that's another thing. It's also very, it's very long. I mean, that's, that's the thing. The, the movie did not have to be two and a half hours. I will say that. That's, that's probably why I would give probably it a four and a half and a half stars. Cause I do feel like if you're going to go completely weird, you can move it earlier. You can. And there's no reason for this movie being over be two and a half hours long. There's just no reason for it. So I mean, there's things that be cut out. I mean, there's things that that are fine. I mean, like the whole thing when they go to the village and the yeah. you know that whole thing. It's like how many how necessary was that? Didn't really. Go, didn't doesn't add anything. Yeah, that whole thing was like basically trying to do a livestock comparison. You know, like for the the, the uh, ultimately when when he gets pulled into the the guy who saves them or whatever like that. You know, because he's got the the cow that he's butchering or whatever it is. Oh yeah. So there's that comparison trying to be made like this does not need to be made necessarily. So what else? What else can we spoil? There's also the guy masturbating. Remember that scene where the, where the guy that masturbating? That scene, just, I, I get it. They needed, to, they needed to like make it so they forget that he's in there. But that was just like, they, that was like a, that was like a child, a child attempt to like, what would happen? Oh, she'd take her shirt off and the guy would like jerk off in the chair. Yeah, that's what would happen. That, that's what happens every time I go to the hospital. I'm like I'm buzzing the buzzer for them to come and they're not like, what are they doing? Is the guy jerking off to her tits? I don't know. There's a mess. There's a masturbating people. There's some finger smelling. <laughs> oh yeah, finger smell. Yeah. Well, that was the, the that was the Jason Isaac thing. Why I think like, I love you, Jason Isaac. You know, you, I mean, you're one of my favorite actors. That that was going a bit too far. I mean, that was just a bit. That that was probably not necessary. <laughs> I think that's that's part of what just really turns you against the man is he's that much of a fucking lech and a pervert, and it's like. Uh -huh. if Okay, this is Jason Isaac. We know that even when he's a bad guy, some of you still call him daddy. We need to really give <laughs> something here. I gotta say something because I don't want to keep going back. I, I I like talking about some of this stuff some of the times, but I don't like always going about like let's talk about our interviews because it, then it seems like we're just like being like self-masturbatory. But mm -hmm. the greatest thing for my Jason Isaac interview, and I don't know if this happened to you, Ed, 
I, I, I talked to Jason for this. Oh, one. you did? I okay. Talk, I talked to well, Gore, yeah. For my Jason Isaac interview for this movie, his kids were in the room with him. Oh. There's, there's his actual children who were preteens oh. and or oh teens were sitting wow. in the corner of the room. And uh, granted, I wasn't about to ask about some of this stuff, even in the interview in general. Like I was going to be a little more, uh, not, you know, uh, a, l- a little more uh, reserved in my questions, I guess. But it was really weird like talking about this character and his kids were sitting right there. It was, it was yeah. strange. It you should have gotten earmuffs, strange. earmuffs. <laughs> um, I don't know if that works for teenagers. What was it like smelling your fingers after you took them out of her vagina? <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. I, I really, I really wonder if Mia Goth has like her own personal intimacy coordinator or not. Cause I feel like she just gravitates to these movies where she's does really weird, creepy things. I'm going to, bu- I'm going to pump the brakes before you say anything though, because I, believe it or not, I know people are going to be upset with me. I have yet to see either X or Pearl. Oh my gosh! Wow. Okay, you gotta, you gotta. Watch I gotta get on that. Future. I know. Matthew. I just look. I miss screenings because of other things, or um, I couldn't make them, or whatever it was, and I just haven't had the chance yet. I will see them. I will watch them, and then then we can talk about more of them. You better uh, watch them before Maxine comes out. Well, th- yeah, well, th- that'll be like. But well, you know, he's Ty West is so fast that he could probably have it done by like February or March. You know? <laughs> it's probably pretty film. Well, Pearl was already filmed just because he he had split the yeah. taken more time on the set for X. Maxine, I know he was writing after that, and now they're filming it. So you know, I you know, Ed might be. Yeah, I know, it. but it's like it'll be it'll be like an eight. I'm sure they're not gonna. It's eight twenty four. They haven't made much money. I'm sure they're gonna. It's gonna be like eight, he's he's really the thing is he's really fat. He edits it himself. They can shoot in eighteen days. He can edit himself. You know, I'm, I'm sure Tyler Bates is gonna do the music again. And it's so strange though that he was technically like out for the count for like a few years not to say he wasn't working or making movies but like it seemed like it's almost like you forgot he existed for like a few months and no, then all a, of a sudden he, it's like his productivity was like out of the box no he's well I, t- I talked to ty again bringing the interviews but i mean I've, I mean I've known ty also for a long time but i mean he actually was doing tv and that was a, like a whole thing that was a whole thing for him he wanted to do tv to kind of learn meet meet new people like in the in the below the lines thing and also work with different people he wanted to kind of learn he wanted to bring what he could bring to the table and then he just had this idea that turned into you know a trilogy which uh in a, in a which is really odd because sometimes you know you have the peter jacksons who, who are going to make it two movies and it's like oh no let's make it three now you know whatever but i think he was he, he takes one and now he has three <laughs> yeah. I, I will say oh god mike sorry no go on i was say i will say just in peter jackson's defense a little bit you know i think everything that happened on the hobbit was just forced on him and i i didn't like the hobbit movies or anything like that but i think it was forced on him and he, he didn't you know i'll give him a little bit of a leeway for for doing the trilogy because i don't think it was personally his choice uh, yeah, i don't know i'm not sure he yeah, i was yeah. i was a comic i was a comic-con when he kind of broke the news where he was kind of like yeah i think we might do three movies and then it was like oh my god there's gonna be three movies yeah but before you saw the first one <laughs> I still think, I don't know. There's something about it that makes me think that, especially after he got forced into, after Guillermo just like dropped out. I just think there was, I don't think he wants to say it. I don't think he's going to outright say it. I just think there's right. a lot more that happened that we don't know about. That's all I'm saying. That's possible. Yeah. And he, he may have wanted to make three movies out of it. That's fine too, but it's still, he did not want to make that movie and he was not happy making those movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see Guillermo del Toro's uh, Hobbit. I would like to see uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. Well, you kind of got you have the documentary. So you can, no, you can, but I, I want to see the actual movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, really I, I would too. That's only because I was one of the few people, people who did not like Denis Villeneuve's. Dune, oh no, so. I'm with you. I didn't. Oh, dis- really? I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I just. I just don't care. It's like great. He made the movie and he made the first part of it, 
and I just it's 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 so what like I don't give a shit about it at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like I mean, I, I you know I like the book and I like uh, we're going off on a tangent here, but uh, it's fine. But, uh, but, uh, and I guess I guess to rentals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it, but it's like the the tune is like it was just I mean it was it, it did not look good. I, I saw it at the, at the Walter Reed, which is a beautiful yeah. screen. Same here. It not it did not look good to me. And I'm like, how do people watch this movie and think it looks good? It looked fine, but here's what I will say, and and then we'll then we'll then we'll wrap it up because you know everybody complains about watching stuff like Game of Thrones at home. It's too dark, can't see anything, all sort of stuff. And then people complain. The, the DPs want to say it's your TV and all sort of stuff. And granted, right. there's some some of it that's true, and some of it's not. But right. I saw it again, Walter Reed as well, because this is the the, the PNI for for New York Film Festival, and I remember this whole thing about you know, to me, I'm like, all right. Sandworms, of course, are a big thing. We're going to want to see what it looks like out of the sand. And then when it comes out of the sand and you can't fucking see the goddamn thing, it's just like so stupid to me that that's what you would choose to do. And that's not going to make me, that's not the only reason my issues with it. But I just, since you talked about the way it looked, I wanted to bring that up. But I'm going to say with that, everybody, while I go watch X and Pearl and some other stuff I got to watch, it's time for you to go cross the Cure for Wellness off your overdue rentals list. Go watch it. Come back. Email us. Let us know what you think. In the meantime, also, Ed, where can people find you out on the internet? Okay, I'm on uh, Gold Derby pretty regularly. Goldderby.com. Uh, I do a lot of the box office stuff and some odds and ends whenever they need me to. And uh, I'm uh, I do interviews in box office at Above the Line, and which so I, I, there's a certain point where I'm probably going to have to say, okay, these two columns are exactly the same. I'm going to have to say goodbye to one of them, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully not. And then I also do interviews and stuff with Below the Line also. I do like, you know, um, Below the Line interviews, you know. So I, I kind of, I have a lot I have a lot going on at those three sites pretty much. And then then at my own site, The Weekend Warrior, which has been on a hiatus for a month. I'm supposed to try to start it up again this week. I have not written anything yet, <laughs> but but I've also set a new limit that I'm only going to work two hours. Yeah. So, so The Weekend Warrior is only going to be two hours. I'm going to take two hours. And when you read how much I wrote in two hours, you'd be like, holy shit, this guy can write a lot in two hours. We didn't spend a lot of time tinkering and stuff. And Mike, where can people find us? Oh, I get to talk now. Oh, oh that's good. Ooh, ooh. What? Um, when we're not busy drinking our eels and, you know, doing our mountain excursions into the pure fucked up parts of uh, whatever lies in the Swiss Alps. You can find us. Uh, okay, I don't have my notebook in front of me, so I'm gonna have to do this all from memory. Ooh, you can find goes, us on Twitter at Rentals Overdue, on Facebook at Overdue Rental Show, and on Insta. No, Facebook might be Overdue Rentals, and then Instagram might be Overdue Rental Show. Yeah. Okay, so if Matthew says I'm right, then you know I'm right here. So you know, co-host here, he he backs my call. He's. I think. I think. <laughs> Well, Where's the video? Is there, is there YouTube too? Is there YouTube where the video goes or? Video video will be coming soon to special places. Um, we really wanted to get that going, but unfortunately we haven't done that just yet. But what we have done is 60 something episodes of Prime podcasting dives into pretty much anything you could expect from a lot of different people. Uh, you might be surprised with some of the guests that we've gotten and some of the films we've covered. So, if you want to go ahead and check out our back catalog, you can find us wherever you ethically source your podcasts, uh, Spreaker, Spotify, Audible, uh, Apple. And also, if you want to send us love letters, recommendations on uh, Airbnbs to stay in the Swiss Alps, 
you can email us at overdurentals at gmail.com. You can also tell me if I've completely borked this outro because again, I'm down in the basement of my new house. I don't have my notebook down here with me. I wanted to test signal strength because I've got junkets coming up and it's like, okay, I want to make sure people can hear me and I don't look bad down here. But getting back to the point. Well, this is really IR. This is IR to your right. Just as IR. Really it's on air. Oh, is it? Oh, there we right. go. Okay. Just I not- assumed I assumed that was it, but it was just like I, I was seeing the IR this whole time. So yeah, it's, it's not all totally set up down here. However, we are totally set up to receive comments, subscriptions, likes, everything that you want, reviews. Just if you want to help keep the Overdue Rentals rental counter running like clockwork, as you've heard from this episode, uh, just go ahead and send us your feedback. And with that, I guess it is just time to wrap us up with a nice, hearty bye-bye.